I'm not the girl your mom warned you about, her imagination was never this good. Alrighty, welcome back. It's your favorite girls next door. I'm Becky from the block. I'm Shay. And unfortunately, Brit Brat is not with us today. Y'all, she does not got COVID again, praise the Lord, but that bitch do got bronchitis, okay? Oh, Lord. <laughs> we need to send her some vitamin C, vitamin E, vitamin D, all, all the vitamins, so she can, you know, recover. But we wanted to get this, keep this train moving along. So thank you for coming back for episode nine. Let's get rolling. Yes, pray for her healing, Lord. Because mm-hmm. she just been going through it. So send her, send her good, good vibes. All right. This week on the Neighborhood Watch Report, it's just, it's been a lot going on in the world of, of fuck niggas. I don't know. Um, I don't know. It's just, it's just know. been a lot going on. Oh, okay, well. It, I don't know. It's because the temperature broke. That's what the fuck. Well, happened. well, that might that might be the case. You know, the temperature broke, and all these COVID relationships is defrosting. They <laughs> said it is cupping season. It's over. It is warm oh, outside. It's warm outside. We got herd immunity. Let's get this shit rolling. But do we though, or are we just acting like we do? We're acting like it, but I definitely pray we do by June because I'm going outside. I don't give. Uh, fuck. Okay. Yeah, I feel you. All right. So starting with uh, y'all's favorite couple, Quavo and Saweetie. So they broke up and we know that they broke up because they unfollowed each other. And in the world of Instagram and celebrities, that is how you know that it is the end. So <laughs> they unfollowed each other. And then Saweetie tweeted that she had been emotionally checked out for a while. This relationship was over. Uh, Quavo tweeted her back a whole bunch of, you know, future-esque type shit. There was a lot going on. Mm-hmm. And so we tweeted him back was like, take care. Goodbye. So then there were rumors that Quavo came and took that car that he had bought Saweetie that everyone was so excited about. There were rumors that he came and uh, scooped that back up and repoed that thing. But apparently TMZ said that that part is not necessarily true. Right, Beck? That's what they said. But I feel like Everybody be lying. Like, who really knows? <laughs> TMC, the shade room, baller alert. It's all speculation. I mean, that's fair. So they they did say that that was not the case. TMC has some extra tea. Hollering about some. The car was leased and he potentially, the car may have been taken. That's what I got from the, the article. The car. Okay, so that way. Because, <laughs> again, it's speculation. TMZ was like, they think it may have been leased and he may have struck a deal with the company to end the lease early. But then that they went is on the to same shit. But, <laughs> but they went on to say, child, that the car was not taken. That's what I'm saying. They, nobody fucking knows, okay? More of the story, if it, if it was taken, let's just start there. Okay. If it was taken, how do you feel about that? That's what I want to know because if you give somebody a gift because it was a gift, mm-hmm. Should you be taking that gift back once you break in this particular case, since they were in a relationship, once they break up, my thought is, and I kind of have conflicting thoughts on this. I'll get to that in a second. Mm -hmm. But my thought is don't give me nothing that you think still belongs to you. If Mm -hmm. you are giving it to me, then it belongs to me. If it still belongs to you, don't give it to me. That's how I feel about it. No, that, that's what I agree. My mama always taught me growing up, you don't give people things looking for anything in return. That's A. 
mm-hmm. and you don't give people anything that you want you gonna want back like you have no ties to it like if i was to give you this wedding ring and then we don't get married i want that ring back you you probably would want it but you're not getting it back and i can't expect okay now see now see i said for a second i was gonna be contradictory this is where i'm gonna be contradictory okay be contradictory sis let me let me tell you what i think okay because to me an engagement ring is a contractual agreement this is i am giving you this ring in expectation that we will get married if that does not happen the contract has now been broken that's how i feel about engagement (laughs) rings specifically this ring is not a christmas gift this is not a birthday gift this is not a just because i love you gift this is a gift that came with a very specific ask questions specific i asked you specifically will you marry me in some form or fashion i said those things mm-hmm. my husband ain't say that exactly but i got the gist of you know where he was going with it mm-hmm. so will you marry me you said yes mm-hmm So I said, okay, I'm putting down payment on that thing. I'm going to give you this ring because you have agreed that we're going to get married. Mm -hmm. So then if that don't happen, I feel like the contract, you know, is broken. Now, me personally, obviously, I've never given anybody an engagement ring. Me personally, what do I think I would ask for it back? No, because I just feel like it's in poor taste. Mm -hmm. But I don't feel like that's the same as like just a regular gift. Like I do think that's contractual. I probably got that from Judge Judy in divorce court, but that's my stance on that. Fuck your contract. That's what I got to say. <laughs> and I'm going to tell that to Judge Judy too. Fuck your contract, girl. This ring is mine. Again, don't buy me shit. This is a promise ring. You know what a contract is? A marriage license. This is a promise ring. And this is that you promised to me and I promised to you that we're going to get married. And if that does not happen, don't come asking for this shit back. Okay. Because I'm not giving it back. I'm not. I'm not giving it back. So a ring, a car, a pillow, a hoodie, all of this belongs to me. I always tell niggas that when they give me clothes to at their house. Don't give me some shit that you really got a liking for. And so Quavo and this, and and for, for rich people too, it's almost like they just try to make a statement because they prideful. Because Sweetie can buy her own Bentley. Yes. Quavo's not missing any money with this Bentley. So it's almost just to be like, I'm taking my shit back. But again, for rich people, they don't give a fuck because they can buy another one. Like, I could feel like if Sweetie wasn't rich, it might hurt her feelings. Like, oh, he took his car back. Sweetie been had money. Now, what I will say is I can understand, and I'm not, I'm not justifying Quavo's actions, but if it was leased and he's paying on it monthly, I can understand him not wanting to continue to pay on it. Okay. I don't want to keep putting the bill for that. Now, this is the first that I've learned that this was leased. I thought it was purchased, and then he just went and picked it the fuck back up. And that's that's raggedy. But, like, would you still want to get a bill for something for your ex? I mean, I wouldn't. But also, think about the amount of money and the bills that he got. That bill is equivalent. Okay, let's think about it. If Quavo is to Bentley, what Becky is to... Hulu subscription. You got Hulu? Yes. Like you pay Hulu? <laughs> no, Sprint. Exactly, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> bad example, bad example. <laughs> oh, shit, oh shit, I'm dying. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Okay, okay, let's do this again. <laughs> yeah, rewind that. 
because I know your ass don't pay for Hulu. Okay, okay. If Quavo is to Bentley and Becky is to damn, what I pay for, Jeff? <laughs> I got you. I, I pay for something monthly. Apple Music. That is the equivalent of this Bentley payment coming out of Quavo's pocket. I couldn't tell you about my Apple Music. Some days I pay $5 because I'd be lying to say I'm a student. Some days it goes up to 10 when I can't cheat the system no more. Either way, it's 5 to $10. I'm really not pressed about it. Quavo, not pressed about this Bentley, chap. Absolutely not. But let's say that you was you had Apple Music, right? Mm-hmm. And you and your, your dude, you, you was paying for the Apple Music for the two of y'all. You're telling me if y'all broke up, you wouldn't cut him off the Apple Music? I would because I'm broke. You are you are striking out. You are on strike two with these examples. I'm talking about equivalent. <laughs> wait, wait I'm talking about equivalent bills for myself. Okay. Okay. I'm trying to think about some shit that I would pay for monthly for a nigga. Nothing. I I would never start that. I have bought I have bought some shoes. I bought a Michael Kors watch before you know but you didn't have that thing on layaway i didn't keep have paying it on, on layaway it. i did not have it on layaway if i did have it on layaway i wouldn't i would not keep paying on it you're right exactly okay you're right <laughs> you're right now i do think that if he had just given it to her because eventually his lease was gonna run out so the dealership was coming back to get it anyway now that i have this new information this has changed my perspective I do think that if he had just given her a car, then it would have absolutely been fucked up for him to take it back. But essentially, the dealership took the shit back. Essentially. Because neither Quavo or Saweetie owned it if it was a lease. Saweetie and Quavo. Can somebody tell us what's going on with the car? And then we had Derek Jackson. Now, Beck, I'm going to let you explain to the people about Mr. Jackson because I don't I need to wrap my head fully around what happened. I don't want to mess it up for the neighborhood. So I'm going to let you explain to the folks what happened. Okay, okay, child. So Derek Jackson, for those in the neighborhood like Bechade do not know Derek Jackson, he is like a black relationship connoisseur, black love. He has made his platform basically around, you know, black love and women being queens and adjusting their crowns. I think that's the name of one of his books, like Elevating Your Crown or something like that. He has another book talking about Heal Together, where it, I've not read any of these books, mind you, (laughs) Um, but um, the book supposedly, what I have learned from his recent live as well, was talking about, you know, when there are transgressions, because he real holy or whatever, in relationships that you may need to heal together to overcome those, right? And so he posts a whole bunch of real deep stuff, normally siding with women a lot of times um, on Instagram. So most of the niggas don't like Derek Jackson. Because they be like, that nigga capping, right? And then the women be like, oh, no, he got a good point. Y'all niggas ain't shit. Bye, 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 bye. Or, you know, something. You need to support me. I'm a queen. Is that what they sound like? That's what they sound like. And then Derek Jackson as then came out. Well, first of all, Candace, whoever Candace is, Candace then came out and said Derek Jackson been cheating on his wife with, with her for some months now. Ooh. So Candace is the is the side piece. Candace is the side piece, child. So Candace came forward and she said that. And I, 
I personally wrote the shade room when Candace said that because the shade room did not update us. So, you know, that's kind of where I get my news. And I said, y'all have 24 hours to respond. Do they have like an inbox, bitch? How did you? <laughs> yeah. And I commented on one of the non-important posts that was not talking about Derek Jackson. I said, I'm not worried about these people. I didn't hear about Derek Jackson. <laughs> they didn't respond in 24 hours. It was about 48. But they did share it to us today. He went on live and I went to go listen to part of his live and it was a hot ass mess. Okay. So what Derek okay. is, as he is promoting his book, Heal Together, which he clearly did not heal with his wife. Um, but what he said in a whole bunch of words was that he met his wife. They were dating, having sex, whoop-de-whoop. She got pregnant. He asked her to marry him. So he already starts off on defense by basically saying, we entered into this relationship with not a true foundation, is what he says. <laughs> He's basically tainting the whole marriage. Like, okay, I'm going to walk you through. She got pregnant, then we got married. But then we were able, you know, she was a Christian, I was a Christian, we was working through this, blah, 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 blah. Well, then they had some shit on the outs. They were separated. They were got back together, whatever, whatever. Last year they were officially separated and that is when he started to have conversations with this Candace girl and he had flew down to Miami and Candace was there and she brought some friends and they was on a yacht and they went back to the Airbnb and Candace unbeknownst to him was taking pictures of him you know saving that shit because again that's what thoughts do most of the time like it's not just a good time today it's for a check later um, so yeah, so all that came together and then Derek Jackson, because he's holy and saved. So he says his whole premise for cheating y'all, he said, I had beef with God. I'm sorry. That's what he said verbatim. I wrote it down when I, I listened. He said he had beef with, with God. He said, because he gave his life to Christ, but he, his relationship had failed. His kids was not living with him. Nothing in his life was seeming to go right. So, insert quote, he didn't care about being a good man because look where it got me. I did not care about God because look where it got me. He did say, however, he has had a sexual relationship with Candace this whole time without actually having sex. Hmm. Go. <laughs> what does that mean? What's that mean? I don't know, sis, but after that is when I logged off because I also didn't have 45 minutes for a fuck nigga to justify his relations and blame that shit on God. I was done with the conversation. So I am not going to throw away my mentally stimulate me cards because those have had great conversations with people that I have potentially dated in life. They've been great to gain, um, but that nigga trash. I mean, you already bought them. It don't do no good to them away now. Okay, so let me let me recap. He was mad at God because these things happen. And I'm still hearing no self-reflection about how this is your fault. <laughs> like I'm, I'm missing the part where there's accountability and responsibility. Girl, there is none. None. No. And like I said, partially through it, all he's trying to do is promote his book as well. Because he's, he's talking about where he had told people in the book, don't date people that are separated because they probably still love their wife and this, that, and third. And he was like, yeah, and I probably still did have feelings for my wife. So I guess I'm practicing what I preach. I, I was thrown off. I was thrown off. This man, he just. And this is why I say 
This is why I say that everybody can't pray for me. Don't pray for me if you beefing with God. That's why I always say that shit. Yeah, I don't want everybody praying for me. People be like, oh, you know, all prayers are welcome. No, they are not. I don't know your relationship with the Lord. You cannot pray for me. How are you going to pray for me and you beefing with God? Girl. Y'all play too much. Y'all play too much. Y'all going to keep playing with the Lord. Y'all going to see what he's going to do. Keep playing with her. Before she can be your peace, make sure she's your security. Child. This man. And you ain't bringing peace or security. You ain't bringing peace or security. You now have your wife, the mother of your children, all over the world wide web because you was beefing with God. (laughs) (laughs) Well, God is not pleased. Okay. Definitely not pleased. God going to be beefing with you. Hello. Hello. So yeah, that 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 the temperature has warmed up. Granted, he did this. Well, actually, he did it when the temperature warmed up last year. Matter of fact, because if I was following his timeline appropriately, when he went down to Miami, it was like summer of last year. So again, in the middle of a panoramic. In the middle of a panoramic, but the temperature then broke, and niggas don't know how to act. So not only are you down there acting a fool, but you down there exposing yourself and your family to COVID. You're Mm -hmm. nasty. He he ain't exposing his family child because they didn't live with him. (laughs) Oh, well. (laughs) That's not funny. (laughs) But that's what the fuck he get. Literally what he gets. And I was thinking about it, like, what did what did we want from him? But I think it's what we just said we wanted. You be posted all of this shit about happy marriages, this, that, and that. And I understand, nobody shit is perfect. Nobody. But you can't be out here with this whole facade that your marriage is that perfect. Because literally, he made a post February 2nd that me and my wife never go to sleep mad at each other. We ain't been asleep since Wednesday. You was fucking lying because your wife wasn't even at your house. So, again, don't. You got to give us something. Let us know that you're struggling. Let us know you're going through a separation because then it wouldn't hit the news like hot off the press. Like, oh my God, you know, people that have been reading your books and following you, it wouldn't have been that big of a deal if you were just transparent and being like, you know, we all fall short of the glory of God. Mm -hmm. I messed up. Then we'd be like, all right, you know, nobody's perfect. Everybody messes up. But you didn't give us that, Mr. Jackson. Therefore, you ain't shit. And I and I didn't I didn't say niggas. I said you ain't shit. We ain't talking about everybody. We talk about Derek Jackson. Yeah, we just talking about him in particular. Yeah, and Quavo, but that's all. <laughs> I mean, there's a few other people we could name. You know, if we just name niggas, if we just name them, but we're not talking about everybody. We'll just start with those two. Okay. All right, and then uh, the Real Housewives of Atlanta this week came away from this week's episode. Confirming that I don't like Toya. I'm going to get into what happened, but I I confirmed that I don't like Toya. And for the life of me, and this is not shade. It's going to sound shady, but it's not shade. I don't want to be that old and having these kind of arguments. I I feel like at a a certain stage in my life, I I don't want to be arguing about shit like that no more. I don't want to be arguing about shit like that at 30. I about to say, I'm trying to think of the last time I legit had an argument. I can't think of one. Not in the last five years that I've, I have fallen out with somebody I thought was a friend within the last year, but we didn't have no argument. Like, yes, I just, 
I don't know, child. Okay, but let's let's get to what happened. Let's get to what happened because it was a lot going on besides arguing. I think that there were some really good conversations that happened on the Real Housewives of Atlanta this week. So Drew was talking to her mom, and it came out that her mom was adopted, and so her mom was talking about um, some people in her dad's family, like some of her cousins and whatnot, were white. And Drew stopped her and was like, you know, wait a minute. That's not exactly the whole story. And it came out that Drew's mom was adopted and they had this whole conversation where they talked about uh, Drew basically wanting to find out who her mother's parents, who her mother's birth parents were Mm -hmm. and wanting to know, you know, I guess, quote unquote, where she came from. And her mom was very um, staunch about like, you're going to do that on your own. I'm not interested in that information. I'm not even going to help you find that information because I'm not going down that road. And it kind of bled into the conversation that Drew was having with her son as well on this episode, because as we know, Drew's son um, was born before her and Ralph got together and Ralph has raised her son, Josiah, um, but that's not his biological father. His biological father went to jail. And since then, his biological father has been reaching out and trying to make a connection with Josiah. So Drew is in this space where she wants to find out about like her mother's birth parents, but she also is kind of struggling with if she wants Josiah to really know his biological dad. Mm -hmm. And I thought that that was a really interesting juxtaposition. But what I came away from with that, because Josiah is very clear that he's not interested in meeting his biological dad. They call him his old dad. (laughs) And I guess Ralph is his new daddy, but they call him his his old daddy. Mm-hmm. And Josiah's never known him. He went to jail before Josiah was born. I think he's met him maybe twice, um, but he didn't really fully like grasp the concept that that was his dad, I guess. So uh, Josiah was very clear in the episode, like not interested. They asked him multiple times in many different ways. And he was very clear on saying no. And I want to point that, Kids be knowing, like kids know at that stage in their life, like what they are here and not here for. Kids tell the truth. Mm-hmm. They lie sometimes when they're trying to get out of trouble, but they tell the truth. Yes. They don't have that filter of like, make you feel good. They tell you the truth. And they mm-hmm. ask that boy multiple times um, because even Ralph was trying to encourage him to meet with his dad and things like that. And Josiah was like, maybe. And his mama was like, Drew was like, okay, well, maybe that's progress. You know, at first you said no. Now you said maybe. He said, no, I mean, maybe it will be a maybe in the future. (laughs) He was like, no, 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 not maybe today. Maybe it will be a maybe later. Later. Maybe. But not today. And that's fine. I mean, that that is fine. If he don't want to meet him right now, give him some time. I think... As a boy, maybe he would want to meet him, but that would be normally if you didn't have another male figure in his life, but he has Ralph and Mm -hmm. he is content with Ralph being his dad right now. And so when he turns 18 or something, or if his dad reaches out before then, they want to reconvene and he's thought about it. But right now his young mind has decided that he is good with his new daddy and and that's what it is. But definitely an interesting situation for Drew to be in as well, you know, trying to figure out what she's doing with her biological grandparents, I guess, and being in that same situation as well. So see how it plays out. 
So then the um, next thing, Cynthia was talking to Mike Hill. And I don't know why I feel the need to call him by his first and last name. but You always do. She was talking to Mike Hill and they were talking about buying a home. And, um, you know, that right now they got uh, Lake Bailey, which is on the hill, as they call it. But he wants them to, he said he wants them to get something bigger. I don't know why they would need something bigger. It's just to know. But he said he wants them to get something bigger. But what Cynthia said is that he's very much an alpha male and that basically he wants them to move into their house because this is her home. And he wants them to move into their house. And I don't even know that that's a male thing. I think I would feel that way as a woman. Like, I don't know. This is obviously not my life story. So, you know, my husband and I bought our first home together. But I don't know that I would want to just move into someone else's house. And then we'd be married. And I I don't know that I would feel like it also belonged to me. Like, I, I think I can definitely understand what Mike is saying. And that, like, I want us to have our space, not your space that I moved into. Mm-hmm. I think that goes back to, because remember, didn't Portia have the same conversation too, that she like wanted Dennis to move in with her, but he didn't want to live in her house. So definitely, I think it's like a male thing. Um, women, I feel like sometimes we do think about that, but normally when you kind of have that sense of security, the last thing that you're thinking is that at some point this man is going to be like, this is my house. That is that statements like that. It's a generalization. I do not agree with this. I'm just saying what the world has perceived it to be statements such as this is mine and get out normally come from women. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So as a man to think that one day a woman's tongue might be spiteful enough to be like, this is my house. Get the fuck out. He just wants something that is theirs collectively. So I can understand that. Um, like I said, for me, coming from a sense of security, hopefully this would be a person that, you know, I'm, I love and I wouldn't too much care about it. I would move into a man's home. Um, but I can see, I can see why Mike does not want to do that. And I don't think that makes him necessarily just an alpha male. Um, I just think it's just a, a male thing. Like they want something they can build together. Granted, y'all like six. But y'all can still build new shit at 60. They can. They Listen, they are a, a spring 60, okay? Mm-hmm. They out here moving and shaking at 60. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then we had um, Fallon's Halloween party. And this is where shit just went off the rails mm-hmm. for the whole episode. This is where shit just top to bottom wasn't it. So Fallon decorated her home and she really decorated her home. I mean, it had uh, cobwebs and shit. It was a Halloween party. It had cobwebs and shit. There were things that popped out at you. It was a lot going on. Mm-hmm. Um, I would not have enjoyed it because as an adult, I have become okay with the fact that I don't like being scared. So it's not my cup of tea, but she did a great job in terms of like putting on a party. Now these hoes, came over to her house, okay, and admired her um, decor, and then was like, well, what are we supposed to be doing? We just here. We just talking. We just, girl, if you don't eat this food and have a good time and and be merry and hang out, that bothered me. As someone that hosts people from time to time. Girl, you have support house. <laughs> it's not. Okay. It's not. But as someone that hosts people from time to time and puts effort into the 
the decorations that I put in my home for different occasions. The confetti all over the place. I love confetti, y'all. If if y'all ever came to my house and was like, I mean, this looks nice, but you could have done a little more. Like that's basically what they all said. I was like, what the fuck? Like I was I was annoyed by that. Yeah. Then Kenya and her uh so every every girl that came in, they gave a description of what their costume was. Like um four of them was cats. Everybody was a damn cat. Candy was cats the musical. Um who else was a cat? Drew was a cat. Portia was a cat. Everybody was a damn cat. Kenya, it said Native American. Now, and she mm. had this whole headdress and, and mm. what have you on. Well, she said she's warrior princess. Kenya, at your big age, I know that you know. Cultures are not costumes. We, we know that. We have said that. That is a thing. Mm-hmm. You don't even know what you're dressing up as, which is what makes it problematic. Mm-hmm. You don't even know. You just picked it up because you thought it was cute. You have no idea the semblance behind it. You have no idea the the culture behind it. You just, I thought we was beyond that, but. Clearly we not. Clean and slow. So Latoya, come in there. And she sit down. She with the shits when she sits down. She talking about. Oh, Fallon, I guess this is what, you know, dating a 65-year-old man to get you. This is this is the kind of... Bop. I would have died of her own spot. Now, let me tell you something. What you're not going to do is come in my house mm. and disrespect me and my husband. It's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. It's not going to happen. And I feel like Fallon tried to keep it together. Like, I feel like she tried to keep it cute. I think she normally tries to keep it cute. But I know Fallon going to turn the fuck up. Like... Yeah. Like she, she normally keeps it cute. Even when she stood up for Drew that one time, like she keep it cute for a second, and then she gonna come, she gonna swing on Kenya. It's coming. I mean, it almost happened, but I'm here for it. On Kenya or on Toya? On Toya. My bad. My bad. And she would deserve it. How you walk into somebody's house and be just talking about is somebody gonna serve me, bitch? What? First of all, who do you think you are? That's a B. Where do you think you are? Like, are you crazy? I don't know. But but Fallon did make her drink. I was thoroughly surprised because again, first of all, I would have died of her eye when she talked about my husband. So we would have never made it to the drink. But say that I did let that slide, which I wouldn't. We would move forward. I would have not gotten her a drink. You have come in here, you have insulted me and my husband, you have insulted my home, and now you want me to make you a drink? No ma'am, no ma'am, no ma'am, no ma'am, no ma'am. It's not gonna happen. It's not going to happen. And this is another thing that I just don't understand about the franchise. We probably need to call Andy and figure out what the fuck, because there's only five women on this cast, but there's like 47 women that are in every episode. And I don't understand like what everybody's role is. I know. I haven't quite got it. Because Fallon ain't, she only been in a couple episodes. She don't say too much, but I think she deserves a peach and we need to see more of her. I mean, you can see less of Latoya and more of Fallon. Well, Latoya ass ain't got a peach either. She don't need a peach. Uh, fair but <laughs> i just don't understand why all these people are, are on the show i just i don't know but i don't know if latoya is like Brittany said last week like she's trying to make entertainment value to get herself a peach but ma'am wrong road <laughs> you're on the wrong road wrong yeah on the wrong road <sighs> and then of course kenya and toya got into it because toya kissed portia this this that whole storyline stupid i don't want to spend time on that that's yeah Dumb. So that happened, but uh, whatever. Mm-hmm. 
So that is your Neighborhood Watch Report for this week. We will be back with Word on the Street in just a second. Bye. Bye. Hey guys, this week's Word on the Street guest is also our Black business highlight, Brittany Boone. She is a trendsetter and entrepreneur, and we're excited to chat with her about her journey. She's also, most importantly, a working mom, so you may hear a guest appearance from her baby coworker. <laughs> Check it out. Hey guys, this week's Word on the Street guest is also our Black business highlight, Brittany Boone. She is a trendsetter and entrepreneur, and we're excited to chat with her about her journey. She's also, most importantly, a working mom, so you may hear a guest appearance from her baby coworker. <laughs> Check it out. Imagine this, having a closet full of clothes and still nothing to wear. Well, sis, join the club. Or don't. By shopping with Noted, we provide style inspiration with every piece. Get styled by Noted at styledbynoted.com. This week, word on the street is that we are getting to our own back. So we have a guest this week. It's a block party. And we have Brittany Boone with us. So I'm going to give her a chance to introduce herself and talk a little bit about what her company is, what they do, and her journey. I'm Brittany Boone, owner of Noted, and I started Noted in 2019, and we are a women's clothing brand. We help style women um, with chic, casual, and classy pieces. So how did you get started with Noted? What did you, what made you want to do that? Okay, so the Noted, the whole Noted journey was really an evolution. Um, It started in like 2018, the summer of 2018. I just really had this entrepreneurial itch, but I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I was dabbling in different things, just things that I was interested in. Um, Ended up going with like creating a body care type line out of shea butters and like making smelly good products. Um, So that's where the name Noted came from because I wanted a name that represented the word scent without saying scent. So the word note came to me, you know, like a note of vanilla, a note of whatever, cherry. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I was like, oh, that's it, noted. So that literally was all of three weeks, literally, I would say. Like I had bought all of this product to start creating these recipes for body care products. And then I found out I was pregnant. And I had terrible morning sickness. And so um, I couldn't bring myself to smell the smelly good products. And at the, like, literally, I was just on the couch, like, just doing the most I could to just sit there and breathe. And, but at the same time, I was like, oh my gosh, like, I really want to start something still. So I knew I couldn't do the body care. Like, I was just pregnant and it was going to be at least another nine months. And I wasn't trying to wait nine months to get a business started. So I went with what I like to do. Um, also, which is fashion, um, getting dressed, and I've just always loved everything about fashion, not high-end fashion, but just like looking good whenever I can. 
so I started and I love shopping. So I started this um, boutique thinking, well, I'll just like try it out or whatever. Um, I know I like shopping, so maybe I can start a store. Like I didn't think much of it, honestly. But when I actually started it, I like fell in love with it. And now it's been two years later. I launched it officially March 1st, 2019. Wow, that is awesome. So tell us, so the people listening, the neighbors, as you heard, we're in the neighborhood, kind of how, what steps did you take to really start this business though? Um, Because I think that's what sometimes people are just like you. We're sitting on the couch and we're like, we want to do something. We hear, we hear all the time, you know, you need multiple streams of income. You need things that you're passionate about, but really do not know where to take off from. So, you know, you had that same thought. You started with the sense and then you kind of went to fashion, but it's like, how did you go from the thought of, okay, I'm going to do fashion into materializing that into a business? When people ask me this question, I always think like, are you like, you want to know about like the legal side of it or like, how did I actually like get products in my hand? I would say probably just the start, but before even the products, because they would think if everybody else has different, maybe they want to do, you know, perfumes or maybe they want to sell cookies. What would be the start of what do you need for a business? Is that, you know, you need to start an LLC. You need to have a separate bank account. Kind of what are those initial things before you're starting to figure out, you know, distributors and things like that? Got it. Okay. Yes. So literally just that my very first step was to um, make it its own entity. So um, an LLC, which started, the the whole legal process started in January. So it became an LLC January 15th. And then after that, I got my bank account. I set up an Instagram page. Then I started to um, find vendors, clothing vendors that I wanted to source the clothes from. Um, and that's really how the first steps that I took, um, with the business was like getting an EIN and getting the sales tax ID and all that. So I could like legally sell, because that was like one of my main concerns starting a business. I know there's a big Mm -hmm. legal side to it and I wanted to make sure I had everything in order. Like I didn't want nothing to just be in my name. I wanted Brittany to be my own entity and then the business to be its own entity. So that's why I made it an LLC and um, yeah, I've got separated bank accounts, everything, um, just to make sure everything was organized before I started. So did you just know to do that? Because I, as you're talking, I'm like, that that makes total sense what you're saying about making sure right. that everything is separate. But did you ask someone about that or did you just kind of know in your own experience that that's what you needed to do? I knew that I needed to make it's some kind of entity, whether that be a sole proprietorship, an LLC, S Corp, C Corp, but I didn't know which one would be the best for me. Um, so I asked my mom, who actually who has a, a business for her, herself, and I was like, should I do a sole proprietor or LLC? I was trying to pick between the two, and she's like, well, uh, it's really up to you. It depends. That's what she said. It depends. She said, if you're <laughs> a sole proprietor, you are pretty much like okay say someone sues the business or wants to sue noted and it's a sole proprietorship there they basically can come for all of your assets um as a sole proprietor because you're not separating yourself from the business when it's an llc those it becomes two separate entities like the business gets its own social security number and you have your own social security number 
So I was like, I don't plan on getting sued, but I'm going to play it safe and get the hell out. <laughs> Girl, I'm listening. I'm like, hold on. What if somebody tries to sue us for shit? We need to get to the LC child. Listen. Because you know, I be to say something someday, and I don't want to offend nobody, but they might want to sue us. Oh right. my gosh, they're gonna sue you. You're gonna be on the sole proprietorship. You, no, ma'am, no, ma'am, no, thank you. <laughs> so, Brittany, in your journey of creating this brand, how did you know that it was time to pursue this full time and make this like your main focus? So literally from the day that I started, the very first day that I soft launched Noted, um, which was in February, I put in my phone that January 31st, 2020, which would be exactly a year from that date, um, that would be my last day at my full-time job. And of course, February or January 31st, 2020 came and I was still fully in my job. I was like, uh-uh, like it, this business didn't go where I thought it was going to go that I wanted it to. So I was still in my job, but literally that's how, like, man, this, okay, I, I ain't trying to get all spiritual or anything, but like God just like literally made everything so, like he just ordered all the steps in my life for for my own personal desires and uh, wants to come true. So literally, y'all, of course, COVID came. Um, so March of 2020, I got on FMLA because I had two kids at home. And I was like, I, I can't be working and trying to do school and daycare at the same time. So I got on FMLA. And then I was furloughed. Um, so from March to June, I was off work for three months and I was able to focus on Noted full time. And I was so in my element, like I loved it. Um, June came and it was time for me to go back to work. And then I found out we would have to go back in the office. And at first I was like, maybe I can try and make this balance if I'm working remotely. But um, when I found out we had to go back into the office July 1st, I was like, I could not fathom that. Literally, it just made me want to puke to my stomach. So I'm like, no, I can't. So I wasn't necessarily in a place in my business where I was financially ready to take that leap of faith. But that's, I knew deep down that that was what I needed to do. And I know like it sounded so crazy. It still sounds crazy to this day. It's like six months later or so. And I'm like, what the world was I thinking? doing that but that's why I knew I needed to do it because even though I wasn't financially ready um God has always provided and I continue to see sign after sign that that was the right choice to make um and I think that's just what it took was faith and from doing that with faith um has helped me this whole time that's amazing. I just knew she was going to say that she put it in her calendar on July, on January 31st. And she was, you know, she was done. Like it, it came, she quit her job and she went. But I think hearing <laughs> your story makes it, you know, even more personable and says like, we can make, cause you did this in the middle of a pandemic. Like literally their businesses falling and you, your business, you know, you kind of took that leap on faith and grew with it. And it just makes it all the more real to say, you know, we can do this. Granted, I can't do that. But other people can do that. <laughs> I just, y'all know, I got ADHD. I don't want to focus on nothing that hard. So, 
Lord Jesus. So what advice would you give to people that are wanting to start a business, whether it be fashion or something else? Like what advice would you give um, black women that have an entrepreneurial spirit that want to start their own business and brand? What would you say? I would say to not care. And what I mean by that is like, if anybody is like me, like I think too much, I overthink and overanalyze everything. And specifically, I think about what other people may think about my, my decisions. Like mm-hmm. my whole life, I've just been a people pleaser and um, I fear letting people down. I fear being a burden on anyone. I fear just people in general and what they may think. And so I had to learn to not care what people think because when I started Noted, I did, and it held me back so much. Um, I was trying to play it safe, like especially through the one of the main platforms, Instagram, that helped my business grow. Um, I wasn't showing up how I needed to show up um, because I was scared. I was like, oh my goodness, people are going to like, I, I had this fashion business and like, I don't, people are probably thinking, I know nothing about fashion. I didn't major in fashion in college. Like, I don't even know if anybody knew that I like to dress up or that I like clothes or like people, what are people going to think if I had this business and then like, I'm being bothersome and trying to sell things and asking for people's email addresses. And like, I just thought too much. And so I had to learn to not care. And especially my family too, because I'm like, they know me as somebody and I don't want people to, I just didn't want people to think something differently of me or judge me. Um, for what I was doing with Noted, even though nothing's bad. That's why I'm like, I know all of those things were lies, but still like, I think we can get in our own head and let others get to us Mm -hmm. too much and it can hold us back. So just don't care. Just don't care what people think. I think that is so true because even in us doing this podcast, I feel like I've had that thought of like, what are people going to think, you know, and, and just being fearful of, other people so I wanted to give you Brittany a chance to really explain like to the listeners and everything what Noted is how they can find Noted what would you tell the neighborhood about your business I appreciate that well Noted is an online clothing brand Um, it continues to evolve but as of today it's a women's clothing brand uh, where we can be found online only or at pop-up shops locally in Louisville, Kentucky. Um, online, we can be found at styledbynoted.com um, and on all social media handles, we're at styledbynoted.com. Um, but pretty much why, and before we went by Noted Boutique, um, but recently changed to style, changed our handles at least to Styled by Noted, and now publicly we just go by Noted. Um, but noted is um, we have women's clothing and we specialize in chic, classy, and casual pieces. So pretty much everyday wear um, with some some specialty like signature pieces um, that you can wear out and things. Um, but really, what 
a lot of our customers come to us for or say that they like about Noted is because we we give style inspiration. So pretty much any piece that you get from Noted, you will already have at least three ideas or ways to style it um, whenever you get it. So, you know, a lot of people struggle with that. You know, they see something online or even in the store and they're like, that's really cute, but I have no clue how I would wear that. Um, so that's why we go ahead and take that piece out of it for you and um, give style and spell with each piece. And then also what we are starting soon is um, somewhat of a membership called Styled by Noted, which will allow people to have more one-on-one uh, personal styling with Noted. Mm-hmm. And it's going to have all kind of cool features and adva- advantages of being a part of the um, Styled by Noted group like discounts and exclusive content and just really a personal, it's almost like having a personal stylist, uh, more or less. That's awesome. I'm excited for that. Thank you. I am too. Because I always wear stuff the exact same, like the exact same shirt, the same headband. And then I started like, well, I can't wear this again because I already took a picture on Instagram. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Yep. I get it. Definitely, definitely follow them on Instagram because... Brittany makes these really, really cute, amazing videos with her style inspo where she'll take a piece and she'll wear it four or five different ways. It'll be a dress that'll have different types of accessories or shoes, or it'll be a skirt that she'll wear, you know, four or five different ways. So definitely check that out on Instagram because the style inspo piece, I does think, I do think makes them very unique. Um, and it's really cute to watch and it definitely lets you know how you can style your different pieces from Noted. Brittany, is there anything that we didn't ask you today that you think would just be important for the listeners to hear, for other Black women entrepreneurs to hear, for potential customers to hear? Is there anything that you think we didn't touch on today? say you know another piece whenever you ask me what is um something I would tell black women entrepreneurs the I don't care part also it is what and I kind of touched on it too is like faith just have faith that's it period have faith in yourself and God to manifest whatever is on your heart um and don't give up like whatever i've started many businesses before this too and when it gets hard i want to give up and that's the easy thing it's so easy to give up but just keep the faith and keep going and it's you're going to get there it just may not come when you want it to but it'll come when it's supposed to amazing amazing well thank you Brittany. i appreciate you joining us we'll be posting all of her social media information, all the information about her business on our page as well. So make sure that you guys check her out Um, and we will see you guys next week. Thank you. Bye. Go home, Roger.